Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma samputasa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma samputasa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma samputasa Udang dhammang sangang namasami thoughts this evening. There are many, many ways we can look at what the Buddha was talking about. But really the point of, uh, of uh, the Buddha's teaching is not to become an expert Buddhist, but <laughs> or to even understand all of it, or know all of it, or get a conceptual map of it, but to use some of the some of the means, you don't even have to use all of them, but some of them, to get to the point, you know, to penetrate. It's often the case, particularly when you get something as as traditional as this, it becomes so kind of sermonized and commented on. You've got this massive kind of conceptual structures of what Buddhists are and what Buddhists believe and what Buddhists think and it ends up obscuring the point which is to penetrate it's not to add more, it's really just to take enough to, to penetrate, use the tools to penetrate penetrate what? you penetrate the, you might say the centre of our lives that's why it's so important why it's not just an interesting hobby or academic thing it's to penetrate the that's uh, in the centre of our lives, and you know, do our lives have a centre? Well, it, it, they do. It's often you know, it's not just a random series of events. The centre of it is this this sense of I am. You might say it's the centre of it. It's a thing we can never really name or know. That we do clothe it in various things, identities, and gender, and moods, and whatever but it remains a kind of continual chameleon changing its colours and yet there it is, what is it? and that's the the centre of our lives, isn't it? that's the one that's always raising the question or seeking an answer or you know, being defended or being bolstered up or being crushed or being elated or you know expanding or trying to pull things into it trying to pull other people or whatever into our center to make it fuller and richer stronger so we've got something there for us and yet it always can always feel essentially um, there's a quality of aloneness in it a quality of never quite filled it's always got a is it this? Is it that? Should I do this? Should I do that? Is this working or not? How am I? That was nice. Can I have more of that? You know? uh, what should I be? Mm-hmm. So these forces are always kind of moving around and they're shuttling various topics, thoughts and ideas. 
and hate hopes and aims and obligations and impulses and stuff going on. You know? Yet all of them somehow raise a kind of a there's a there's a certain unresolved quality about it. It's always asking some kind of question in a way. You get the nuance like this is this gonna work? Do this, should I do that? Will it be this? Is it good that? That'd be nice. What about that? Tomorrow? Does it mean anything? Is it pointless? Is it useful? It's kind of not necessarily verbalized, but there's a certain unfulfilled quality to it. You know. So actually the really condensed Praise of the Buddha's teaching is that this sense of self is, is self is stressful, suffering, and through uh, penetrating it, we can clear ourselves of this this very quality of stress or suffering, not necessarily deep anguish, but it's irresolute neediness or or need to protect it. You know, there's a fearfulness about it, there's a vulnerability about it. There's a hungriness about it. There's an uncertain, confused quality about it. Mm-hmm. Buddha starkly said, "You have there's, there's, there's element greed, hatred, delusion, which are very strong words for looking at things that may just have quite dilute, diluted qualities of that. You know, favouring something, wanting to have something, recoiling from things, pushing things away, or just being confused and." Uncertain and irresolute as to what to do or what to have or what one is or what one isn't, you know. And really, the uh, the uh, uh, kind of penetration is emptying out these these forces, so they they no longer have any charge in them. You know, the mind isn't <coughs> propelled around these particular energies. You know, so we've been talking about emptiness. Time to time, and emptiness doesn't mean no thinking. No, it doesn't you know? It doesn't mean not feeling anything. It means emptiness. Really, means empty of self, empty of greed, empty of hatred, empty of delusion, empty of this emotional investment in phenomena. The or emotional investment to not have things, pushing things away. So the mind is light, open permeable, doesn't get stuck. It's liberated, empty of suffering. Is that interesting? To me, it always keeps coming round. Once you've once you started to wake up a little bit, it's difficult to get back to sleep again. You know, something says he's going to see the the uh, the nature of it. You know. And really, uh, kind of the primary, most continual, skillful means is, is attention. Buddha said, vigilance, just being attentive, is the first thing. Mm-hmm. So if we, we, when we meditate, well, one theme in meditation is just developing attention. You know, actually staying with something. 
getting, uh, you know, really knowing what's what's running through the mind, being attentive to it. Mm. And there's a particular whatever it's doing, you know, an attention which it, it doesn't actually favour or, you know. It's not, it's not got an emotional bias in it. It's just attention. They call this mindfulness. Just kind of placing full attention onto onto the body, you know, because a good way to, to slow the energies down so the mind isn't spinning so fast, you know. Place attention onto breathing in and out. It slows things down a bit. So you then naturally what you witness becomes a little more... Um, that's blurred but still within that you can feel the pushing and the pulling and the spinning out thoughts and the blurs and the suddenly coming to you know where have I been Mm, that kind of thing so there's there's the tension is just building that up it's got a particular energy with it attention energy energy of, of energy of stability so that in a way that that starts to become much more a core quality, central quality. Your sense of self becomes a bit more stable in a way. But it's not, um, it's not, a per- it's not so much the person as the witness. You know, so you're the witnessing your personal thoughts and feelings and stuff going on. You get a sense of the an energy builds up that there's that a kind of witnessing quality to it not really separate from what's witnessed and yet it's not emotionally or psychologically snagging on it mm-hmm. so it's a it's a it's, you know, the sense of your you know, really kind of almost through that process just just beginning to to you know, lessen the amount of energy that's happening on that personality level, less investment in it, less tumult, less ricochet. Because a lot of the time, you recognize in the personal realm that forces are at odds with each other. Something's going one way and something's going another way, and there's an internal dialogue going on and quarreling and impulses happen one way, you think, oh, don't do that, you know, it shouldn't be this way or that way. You know, you get this kind of, and it just keeps like having a bag full of puppies squabbling with each other, fighting and nipping and biting and yapping. Um, <laughs> and so when you try to get in there and put another big puppy in the bag to sort the others out, you know, which is often the case, you're going to want to stop things happening, you know, it just actually adds another, another puppy to the bag. <laughs> so really when we're attentive, we're not actually adding any more stuff into the bag is just, uh-huh, just right. And using, breathing in, breathing out. So, there's something just to get that sense of a stable energy pattern going. But you can begin to, you know, so this is something you can train in years really, ongoing process. But by itself, it, it, need, it, it, it needs to move on, 
Because what most people find after a while is that that sense of just attending to things gets a bit sort of numb, you know. Like it gets boring and numb. And so something more like a sense, you really get a sense what's really needed here, there's a responsiveness, some kind of response is needed to this uh, experience of, uh, you know, stuff coming and going. And... Um, uncertainty and change and unsatisfactoriness and response is needed and so what tends to come around you know the realization of the need for empathy just compassion and empathy so with that you, you begin to kind of cover the whole area so you, instead of looking for you know looking for something to stop you know, looking for things to get steady or looking to pull you, you know, get yourself into some shape or another. With empathy, you don't really care anymore. <laughs> it's not based on that. It's just, can, can you just be with this? That's, that's the point, you know. It's very much a development of heart where you begin to empty out some of the things that can come along with attention, just pure attention, is a real sense of, you know, you're getting on top of something. You're really going to quieten everything down and steady everything, and then you'll get free. You know, and you'll get things sorted out, and you'll be free of all this irritating rubbish, and you'll be, a, and you'll get out. You know, so there's a lot of investment in the sense of getting out <laughs> or getting it sorted. Uh, so that, in a way, that that remains as a as a basic hindrance or default or a, or um, attachment. So it's not really empty of self. There's a big self starting to form around witnessing how good you can do it, how well you did it, why you can't do it today, you know, how long you can do it for. So empathy is much more dispassionate. Sense of, well, however you are, whoever you are, whatever it is, can you be with this without, you know, getting um, proud or getting irritable about it? Mm-hmm. I think this is really an important blossoming because mm-hmm. the, the energy in that is much less forceful much more healing it brings around a sense of unity kindness, compassion and it helps to also heal and open us into how we relate to each other you know, which is sometimes the bit that gets that can get missed out of out of meditation. You know, sitting here on my own, other people are kind of items on my screen, and then I can kind of hopefully, you know, close my eyes, they'd be quiet, close it down, and you know, be here. So there's the, a the kind of sense of exclusion with that, and really, <coughs> you know, people can get quite irritable about the presence of other people when they meditate. Even people who are not doing anything obnoxious, but just breathing or, you know, totally harmless. And yet they're disturbing or, you know, because when you, you, uh, when you see people, they bring up all kinds of flushes, don't they? You know, of recognition of <coughs> nervousness or 
eagerness, you're somebody you want to reach out to, or a nice person, or friend, or whatever. Some people you think, oh goodness, you want to pull back on. Some people you feel a bit edgy about. So there's all this can go on, you know, and just uh, you realize how much part of what we essentially are is very is relational. We do get affected. We do, you know, part of our thing is we very much affected by other people. You know, you can you can be apart from people for ten years, and still, when you come out, it'll be exactly the same. <laughs> They still, they still affect, and it can still be the, the fear or the, the uh, whatever it is, you know, the needs that happen. And sometimes actually intensified through isolation. It's kind of, kind of, the, the impression becomes much more stronger charge to it. Somebody to talk to, you know, somebody to be with or things that feel frightening for other people, people's presence, because the mind gets sensitive to these, these tremendously kind of built-in meanings that there are in, in our minds about other, other people. That's how, that's what we got born inside somebody else, you know? <laughs> that's how strong it is. You got, that's where you landed. So at a very basic level, our consciousness is geared to the sense of, you know, I am something that exists in something else, you know, in relationship to something around me. And to and other people are a big part of what that's about. You know? So you can't, when you're trying to clear and penetrate the, the sense of self, then this, this level is definitely part of what, what it's about. You know? Because you can't, it's a big part of what your sense of self is built around, it's conditioned by. So you can't avoid that, that issue. Even though it's messy and embarrassing and weird and undignified and you know and and irrational and that sort of stuff and you can't just kind of pin it down. So the sense of anything you can really helps is just developing a sense of compassion and empathy. You know. Because you begin to notice with attention that actually, you know, what we call the experience of other people is actually a moment of time of some kind of effect, some feeling of of um, enjoyment or lack of it or threat or being received or love or fun or whatever. You know, it's just flash, 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 flash triggers happening. We call that a person, but actually, it's stuff happening, isn't it? You know, and particularly on, on a silent retreat, it's quite quite significant. You know how you can feel very strong charges, impressions about people who aren't even saying very much or doing very much, who are kind of tearfully jo- rejoicing at their presence, or you know just the opposite. <laughs> oh no, overwhelmed. You know. <laughs> What happens, you know? And these kind of loaded meanings. And what I begin to practice myself is whatever my, when I see someone, whatever happens, that's not who they are. 
doesn't, you know, that helps. Whatever, you know, you see some person, some monk or nun or whatever, you've got to kind of, oh, that's so-and-so. No, that's not so-and-so. That's my impression. <laughs> that's, that's things happening. It doesn't mean the other person doesn't exist. It means that this, there's this particular relational experience happening. And that's what I have to deal with. You know, first of all, to acknowledge it as such. And then is it, is it, does it have, what does it have in it? You know, pleasant, unpleasant, wanting to be with, wanting to get away from, feeling slightly apprehensive, feeling comforted. What, what does it have in it? Then just kind of, this emotional stuff. And really, you know, attention is there, but what's really needed is it's just a sense of empathy with it. Like, okay, that's the way it is now. Because it's like all the, it begins to get the you get the real sense with that is what is needed, you know, in this awakening. It's not cutting bits out, not cutting out all the grubby bits, but actually allow unfolding, like these kind of tight, panicky, compulsive pieces in us. They could just soften and un- unfold. So, oh, it's like, oh. You know, you get that, and then, ah, oh, you know, it's like that. So, it's rather like you've got a crease in a piece of cloth. You don't have to cut it out, you just have to unfold it, smooth it out. And that's what you do when you're really practicing, whatever I practice with my, with my mind. It's just giving it more time, more space. And... Uh, and it's, it's often being with, with the way how it is. Which is certainly not me as a character. It's not the me you see sitting up here, whatever that is for you. It's something much more volatile, changeable, mysterious. It baffles me sometimes. <laughs> there it is, you know. And you can feel, oh dear, this is a bit of a strange one, but there it is, there it is, so, <laughs> you know, trying to push it around and iron it out and shape it up and chip bits off it, it's just it's the wrong kind of approach, so you get a sense of empathy, because what that does, it also means that that's transferable, you know, you see other people doing their stuff, going through their stuff, you know, now when you go, you know, you can say, well, what you should do is this and that and this and stop being like that. That is, that is zilch help, isn't it? <laughs> What's really needed is just, oh, okay, Dave, Bert, Sally, whatever. Mm, yeah, well, mm. You know, just some, just kind of being there. So a person has a chance to actually sort of stay with their, what's happening for them and breathe it out, you know, release it or, or understand it. So it's all very well to say, well, just, you know, get rid of the, the defilements and, and stuff like that. But yeah, it's true, but how do you get rid of them? It's like, well, 
like you know, do you get do you cut the creases out of the cloth or do you gently smooth it out? I guess it depends what you're dealing with. But uh, you know, certainly I think that, that a lot of it is just realizing that defilements and confusions and unpleasant attitudes in the mind are just just lost pieces, confused, panicked, anxieties, compulsions. This need a lot of care, really. Not fondling or believing in, but just, mm, you know. And you begin to feel the charge in those, the push in them, push of feeling, the push of feeling. And instead of, you know, just following the feeling, the emotional feeling, or fighting with it, you just open up space around it. To me, that's the only thing that really works. I don't always do it. You know, sometimes I do follow my feelings or fight with them. But what works best is just kind of open up to it. Get, it's rather like the mind comes to a sense of where's the space with this? Where's the space around this? Uh, although I'm saying it, it's not a ver- it's, it's not something I think about. It's an instinct that becomes more, more uh, established. Yes, well, let's just get some space in it. Don't move forward, don't rush, don't shut it down. Just, you know, so it's rather like that. And uh, then in that, that space, you get a sense of that through, through actually being present with something in an empathic way. The space starts to open rather than getting rid of things so you'll have space left, you know. You know, cutting things out so you're left with emptiness. You actually fill fill up until <laughs> you get bigger than the uh, the phenomenon. You get emotionally bigger. You get and you, you know, more dispassionate, more empathic, more present with. Isn't that how it is? How marvelous that sense of space is because it's not a space that's born from aversion or clutching or fighting it's a space that that's, happens by itself once you kind of get the sense of that this lovely realization occurs that actually stuff unf- will unfold by itself and, and that's really to my mind, a very useful realization or powerful realization because the whole sense of me doing it begins to disappear. You know, me getting in line, me getting my sort of stuff sorted out, me pulling, getting it together, me getting a group of myself, me becoming top boy in the class, whatever it is. You know, first hour hunt from Paddington. <laughs> Which would be kind of neat, wouldn't it? You know, I think Paddington deserves an hour hunt. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be me, though. <laughs> a blue plaque on a wall somewhere. <laughs> I guess most of the population of Paddington wouldn't even care what an hour hunt is. <laughs> So it's not really about a, a claim or an attainment. 
it's uh, in, the, in the sense of this kind of self-driving it or pushing it along, which is maybe a good place to start. You know, you get this motivation, but it's something comes as a, as a fruition of that is the realization stuff will sort itself out. You know, if you start to let go of some of this psychology of doing and fussing and comparing and, and planning and conceiving, you know, so as you let go of self, there's less self involved with the whole process. The process actually starts to move on. You know, it unfolds as an unfolding, unfolding in terms of empathy, unfolding in terms of spaciousness. Um, the boundaries start to disappear. The sense of how long doesn't matter how long. Doesn't it's a pointless question. You know. Yeah, really. So the sense of real, what's called confidence in Dhamma. Trust in Dhamma, you hand it over, like handing yourself over. Mm. We use a word like Dhamma, but again, you start to conceive of that, get ideas about it, or lists, because Theravada Buddhism particularly is always lists, it's list obsessive sometimes. But it's... um, it's a sense of a process that's not engineered and yet it's not chaotic or clumsy. It's got its own terrible logic to it. And why it's terrible is that you, you really, it asks you, it requires you to be open and honest about all of it and to do what it takes to allow things to unfold. To give up bits of one's pride, bits of one's self, bits of one's dignity, bits of one's stuff, you know. Give up something of one's um, selfhood. Sometimes that means, you know, Changes in life, really. Things we're invested in. So a lot of people find that when they meditate without really deciding it, it just becomes inevitable that certain things you're just not going to be doing anymore. You know? They just don't, they're just in the way. Certain things you're not going to be doing anymore. And it's not from some big hair shirt thing or renunciate, you know, some idea of it, just certain things just ain't working. And uh, it's just, it's, the tune doesn't work anymore. Because mm. you started, things have started to unfold. And a lot of the um, stuff in which our lives are molded is really based on self, security, being in charge, making things work, getting ahead, you know, this, that and the other, being solid. And uh, a lot of that has to, you know, it's up for, up for examination. How much of this is just based on holding something together 
that isn't really fulfilling or satisfying or complete. Especially cling to our, our own disaster as uh, because it's sometimes it seems all you got. <laughs> See, can't hold it together. So the real uh, the the uh, you know having confidence in Dharma means you got to let you you know you got to hand it over. Mm-hmm. It changes your life. So it's not a matter of indoctrination or believing in, in Buddhism or, you know, it's actually the certainty is much um, stronger than that. It's not conceptual. It's just uh, something else it starts to take the center. Yeah. Which is not bound by duties, obligations, it's bound by where is there, you know, space, where is there the the release, where is there emptying, where is there um, that real ability to to open up your package of conditioning and uh, not really be, you know, the, it's kind of seeing how much of it is still alive. But really it's not, no, there's no judgment in that. It's just the matter of, like, the sense of compassion, empathy is so important because we're not um, really even trying to sort ourselves out. It's a very handing it over, so you, some so you get a sense of real um, that your own well-being is is most important, and your well-being that that uh, ability to to be with yourself through all of it. You can see how um, you know. So often one of the fundamental conditionings in our lives is to, um, I call it giving yourself away. Except that makes it sound too conscious. Like you decide to give yourself away. It's what happens is something something to do and it grabs you. So you go and do it. And or you know, at that moment is kind of that what you're, you're you're pulled into doing something or another, or pushed into doing something or another. Something just grabs you. You know, right? Go and sort do that, do that. There's a kind of blur, and you can find that your life is actually being operated by external forces. You know, by the dog or the car or the house or the neighbours or the what's in the diary or, you know, the time of day, it's now it's nine o'clock, it means do this, or, you know, external factors. So you, so you just kind of, like a string puppet, it's ten o'clock, do this, the dog needs doing, I'll do that, you know. <laughs> so it's actually, 
you know, you, you, one gets lost in the center, gets lost in the in these external factors. Did you have time to breathe today? You know, did you have time to meditate today? Did you have Always, always something else is more important than tuning in. And of course, we, you know, it's, it's, it's very powerful and it kind of, uh, it's the way the world runs. And it isn't just about lay life, it's monastic life, it's exactly the same kind of things. So it's not some kind of high and mighty statement. It's a very... Uh, powerful force on all of us. All the structures that we tend to create in our lives have this uh, side effect that if you're not careful, they run you rather than the other way around. And even meditation, the structures of meditation can end up running you. So you kind of end up trying to meditate and get good at meditating and to get to this stage and that stage and this, that and the other and five of these and how long you can do it you know, kind of being run by meditation that's something you've got to do and, and, get, and get to these levels with you know, this kind of idea so you think, wait a minute wait a minute I, don't know, I was supposed to just stop suffering, wasn't I? <laughs> you know, it's, it's so instinctive to, because it's much clearer out there. You know, it's written in the book. That's nice black and white. I like that stuff, clear. Yeah, I've got that. It's, it's clunky, manifest, clear, certain. Other people can tell you about it. But the inner stuff is kind of, well, it's subtle. It's sometimes fragile, sometimes gentle. It's sometimes, you know, a bit eccentric. And so, you know, so we tend to follow where the music is loudest and where those uh, important signs are of becoming something, getting somewhere, being somebody, being solid, building it up, you know. And uh, we all do this, don't we? This is suffering too building it up. In the whole time sense, when really all you have is the present moment with its seductive imperatives and its warmth and its openness and its powers and passions. Can we be led by that? Can we at least give heed to it, do heed to it? Can we live our own lives? Can we discover what they are? These are the important um, questions that uh, 
beauty of it is that uh, the answers to those are there's only one place you find them yeah. it's, it's not <laughs> it's not out here but you can trust the process of that because it's not a process of fumbling for an answer it's a process of being prepared to be present tune in give it space let it unfold so you know trust the process and uh, keep letting it unfold